To lead your daily life by keeping constant supervision over the mind is a way of learning what life is for. It's a way of learning how we can act so as to rid ourselves more and more of suffering and stress. Because the suffering and stress caused by defilement, attachment, and craving are sure to take all sorts of forms. Only by being aware with true mindfulness and discernment can we comprehend them for what they are. Otherwise, we'll simply live obliviously, going wherever events will lead us. This is why mindfulness and discernment are tools for reading yourself, for testing yourself within so that you won't be careless or complacent, oblivious to the fact that suffering is basically what life is all about. This point is something we really have to comprehend so that we can live without being oblivious. The pains and discontent that fill our bodies and minds all show us the truths of inconstancy, stress, and not selfness within us. If you contemplate what's going on inside until you can get down to the details, you'll see the truths that appear within and without, all of which come down to inconstancy, stress, and not selfness. But the delusion basic to our nature will see everything wrongly as constant, easeful, and self, and so make us live obliviously even though there is nothing to guarantee how long our lives will last. Our dreams and delusions make us forget that we live in the midst of a mass of pain and stress, the stress of defilements, the pain of birth, birth, aging, illness, and death. All of these are painful and stressful in the midst of instability and change. They are things we have no control over, for they must circle around in line with the laws of karma and the defilements we've been amassing all along. Life that floats along in the round of rebirth is thus nothing but stress and pain. If we can find a way to develop our mindfulness and discernment, they'll be able to cut the round of rebirth so that we won't have to keep wandering on. They'll help us know that birth is painful Aging is painful, illness is painful, death is painful, and that these are all things that defilement, attachment, and craving keep driving through the cycles of change. So as long as we have the opportunity, we should study the truths appearing throughout our body and mind, and we'll come to know that the elimination of stress and pain, the elimination of defilement, is a function of our practice of the Dhamma. If we don't practice the Dhamma, we'll keep floating around in the round of rebirth that is so drearily repetitious, repetitious in its birth, aging, illness, and death, driven on by defilement, attachment, and craving, causing us repeated stress, repeated pain. Living beings, for the most part, don't know where these stresses and pains come from or what they come from because they've never studied them, never contemplated them. So they stay stupid and deluded, wandering on and on without end. If we can stop and be still, the mind will have a chance to be free, 
to contemplate its sufferings and to let them go. This will give it a measure of peace because it will no longer want anything out of the round of rebirth. For it sees that there's nothing lasting to it, that it simply stress over and over again. Whatever you grab hold of is stress. This is why you need mindfulness and discernment to know and see things for yourself so that you can supervise the mind and keep it calm without letting it fall victim to temptation. This practice is something of the highest importance. People who don't study or practice the Dhamma have wasted their birth as human beings because they're born deluded and simply stay deluded. But if we study the Dhamma, we'll become wise to suffering and know the path of practice for freeing ourselves from it. Once we follow the right path, the defilements won't be able to drag us around, won't be able to burn us, because we're the ones burning them away. We'll come to realize that the more we can burn them away, the more strength of mind we'll gain. If we let the defilements burn us, the mind will be sapped of its strength, which is why this is something you have to be very careful about. Keep trying to burn away the defilements in your every activity, and you'll be storing up strength for your mindfulness and discernment so that they'll be brave in dealing with all sorts of suffering and pain. You must come to see the world as nothing but stress. There's no real ease to it at all. The awareness we gain from mindfulness and discernment will make us disenchanted with life in the world because it will see things for what they are in every way, both within us and without. The entire world is nothing but an affair of delusion, an affair of suffering. People who don't know the Dhamma don't practice the Dhamma, no matter what their status or position in life, lead deluded, oblivious lives. When they fall ill or are about to die, they're bound to suffer enormously because they haven't taken the time to understand the defilements that burn their hearts and minds in everyday life. Yet if we make a constant practice of studying and contemplating ourselves as our everyday activity, it will help free us from all sorts of suffering and distress. And when this is the case, how can we not want to practice? Only intelligent people, though, will be able to stick with the practice. Foolish people won't want to bother. They'd much rather follow the defilements that burn them away. To practice the Dhamma, you need a certain basic level of intelligence, enough to have seen at least something of the stresses and sufferings that come from defilement. Only then can your practice progress. And no matter how difficult it gets, you'll have to keep practicing on to the end. This practice isn't something you do from time to time, you know. You have to keep at it continuously throughout life, even if it involves so much physical or mental anguish that tears are bathing your cheeks. You have to keep with the chaste life because you're playing for real. If you don't follow the chaste life, you'll get mired in heaps of suffering and flame. So you have to learn your lessons from pain. 
Try to contemplate it until you can understand it and let it go, and you'll gain one of life's greatest rewards. Don't think that you were born to gain this or that level of comfort. You were born to study pain and the causes of pain and to follow the practice that frees you from pain. This is the most important thing there is. Everything else is trivial and unimportant. What's important all lies with the practice. Don't think that the defilements will go away easily. When they don't come in blatant forms, they come in subtle ones, and the dangers of the subtle ones are hard to see. Your contemplation will have to be subtle, too, if you want to get rid of them. You'll come to realize that this practice of the Dhamma, in which we contemplate to get to the details inside us, is like sharpening out tools so that when stress and suffering arise, we can weaken them and cut them away. If your mindfulness and discernment are brave, the defilements will have to lose out to them. But if you don't train your mindfulness and discernment to be brave, the defilements will crush you to pieces. We were born to do battle with the defilements and to strengthen our mindfulness and discernment. We'll find that the worth of our practice will grow higher and higher because in our everyday life, we've done continuous battle with the stresses and pains caused by defilement, craving, and temptation all along so that the defilements will grow thin and our mindfulness and discernment stronger. We'll sense within ourselves that the mind isn't as troubled and restless as it used to be. It's grown peaceful and calm. The stresses and sufferings of defilement, attachment, and craving have grown weaker. Even though we haven't yet wiped them out completely, they've grown continually weaker because we don't feed them. We don't give them shelter. We do what we can to weaken them so that they grow thinner and thinner each time. And we have to be brave in contemplating stress and pain. Because when we don't feel any great suffering, we tend to get complacent. But when the pains and sufferings in our body and mind grow sharp and biting, we have to use our mindfulness and discernment to be strong. Don't let your spirits be weak. Only then will you be able to do away with your sufferings and pains. We have to learn our lessons from pain so that ultimately the mind can gain its freedom from it, instead of being weak and losing out to it all the time. We have to be brave in doing battle with it to the ultimate extreme until we reach the point where we can let it go. Pain is something always present in this conglomerate of body and mind. It's here for us to see with every moment. If we contemplate it till we know all of its details, we can then make it our sport, seeing that the pain is the pain of natural conditions and not our pain. This is something we have to research so as to get to the details. This is not our pain. It's the pain of the aggregates, form, feeling, perception, thought fabrications, and consciousness. 
Knowing in this way means that we can separate out the properties, the properties of matter and those of the mind, to see how they interact with one another and how they change. It's something really fascinating. Watching pain is a way of building up lots of mindfulness and discernment. But if you focus on pleasure and ease, you'll simply stay deluded like people in general. They get carried away with the pleasure that comes from watching or listening to the things they like. But then, when pain comes to their bodies and minds, to the point where tears are bathing their cheeks, think of how they will suffer. And then, they have to be parted from their loved ones, which makes it even worse. But those of us who practice the Dhamma don't need to be deluded like this because we know and see with every moment that only stress arises, only stress persists, only stress passes away. Aside from stress, nothing arises. Aside from stress, nothing passes away. This is there for us to perceive with every moment. If we contemplate it, we'll see it. So we can't let ourselves be oblivious. This is what the truth is, and we have to study it so as to know it, especially in our life of the practice. We have to contemplate stress all the time to see its every manifestation. The Arahants live without being oblivious because they know the truth at all times and their hearts are clean and pure. As for us with our defilements, we have to keep trying, because if we continually supervise our mind with mindfulness and discernment, we'll be able to keep the defilements from making it dirty and obscure. Even if it does become obscured in any way, we'll be able to remove that obscurity and make the mind empty and free. This is the practice that weakens all the defilements, attachments, and cravings within us. It's because of this practice of the Dhamma that our lives will become free. So I ask you to keep working at the practice without being complacent, because if in whatever span of life is left to you, you keep trying to the full extent of your abilities, you'll gain the mindfulness and discernment to see the facts within yourself and be able to let go, free from any sense of self, free from any sense of self, continuously.